Today, we've got the world's foremost expert on sourcing, Kian, back on the show, and he's going to give us step-by-step guides on how to source on Alibaba.com and an SOP for visiting factories in China. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Are you afraid of running out of inventory before your next shipment comes in? Or maybe you're on the other side and you worry about having too much inventory, which could cap you out at the Amazon warehouses or even cost you storage fees. Stay on top of your inventory by using our robust inventory management tool. You can take advantage of our advanced forecasting algorithms, manage your 3PL inventory, create POs for your suppliers, create replenishment shipments and more all from inside inventory management by Helium 10. For more information, go to h10.me forward slash inventory management. And don't forget, you can sign up for a free Helium 10 account from there, or you can get 10% off for life by using our special podcast code SSP10. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted and unrehearsed, organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. We're going to the other side of the world to Dubai right now for a record-breaking fifth time. That's how long this this uh, this show has been out there, guys. Like, we only have people on there. If they're really good, we'll invite them back. And if they are really good and we invite them back, it's only one time per year. The very first time ever in the history of Serious Lawyers Podcast, somebody's on the fifth time is the one and only Kian. Kian, how's it going? Welcome back. Oh man, thanks so much. It's uh, it's a great intro, man. Um, it's a, it's an honor to be the only speaker to be on here five times. And uh, wow, I mean, that must mean you've done a lot of episodes as well. So congrats to you to uh, to to be plugging away. Like, how many episodes have you have you put out now? We're like in the mid five hundred. Like, we're about five twenty now. Like, like we're in the mid the the five teens around there. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Incredible, man. Uh, yeah. Great to be back. And um, yeah, really looking forward to sort of diving in. And we're going to talk a lot about Alibaba. But before we get into that, uh, I'm actually visiting for the first time Chinese factories. Like it's been years since I've even been to China and I've never visited the pro- uh, the factories where we make the Project X, Project 5K uh, products. So um, what's some advice you can give me uh, you know, like, like, hey, should I bring some gifts, you know, like maybe some chocolates or something to the factory owners? Should I negotiate? Should I just, you know, talk away, ask about their family? Like I usually deal with a sourcing agent. Yeah. And she's going to come with me, my sourcing agent who found these factories Yeah. Um, and translate a little bit. But what, what, what should I do? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I think your mind is going to be blown. Like, I, I think everyone experiences this. Like, the first time you go into a factory and actually see how your goods are made, because you have this idea and you have this perception in your head of like how you think goods are made. But once you go in and you see the production line, and like, you know, let's say this is for the for the coffin items, right? So, like, you'll see like the wood like arriving. You'll see the wood getting dried. You'll see like the wood like the bad pieces getting rejected you'll see it getting sanded and filed down you'll see it getting sprayed and painted you'll see it getting cut to size and you'll see it getting assembled you'll see it getting screwed like you'll just see it in so many different compartments and then your head will be like wow here's like 20 different processes and steps that this product went through to get made whereas when i just see it in a store i just see it like in a shelf or like you know online i, I didn't think about it in this way but why that really helps you is that like you know if you've got cost challenges and you're like right i've got this like 
$8 product and I need, I need to get it down to 6.5. You've got like 20 different places you can go to in your head because you've seen it on the production line, right? You're like, well, was that spraying really necessary? Are we cutting it in the most efficient way? Can we just do straight edges rather than these curved edges? Was it necessary to have that coating? Like there's so many different things you can now think about. And then on the reverse, if you want to improve the quality, you're like, here's things that we could do better based on what I saw and how this product is actually assembled. But you're going there for the first time, right? So um, in terms of gifts, I would say it's nice. They'll probably provide a gift for you. Uh, if you've been doing business together for like a number of years, then by all means, yeah. maybe take something nice. I, I would say something that represents your hometown. So you could take them, uh, your favorite team, like a Lakers hat or, or something like that. Um, oh, 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 okay. That, those are fighting <laughs> words. All right, guys, the fifth and last time that Keen will ever be on the uh, podcast. <laughs> so, you know, you, you can always, and by the way, Bradley's a Clippers fan for anyone who didn't yep. uh, catch that. But um yeah, like, you know, anything that represents your hometown where it could be like a hot sauce, it could be like a local tea or whatever like that. Just it doesn't have to be anything expensive. Like for me, I always used to take like a, bo a personalized bottle of whiskey because I was coming from Scotland. Suppliers like really, really appreciated that. And um, it's just a nice gesture to do. And if you have like a sales assistant that you've been working with, I would get one for the sales assistant that you talk to and then one for the factory boss as well. Very, very important to get a gift for the factory boss and also to get a photo with the factory boss because there's always going to be time uh, where you're going to need to ask for a favor, right? And there's going to be a time when like, you know, Chinese New Year is coming up and like, you know, your your goods are getting rushed out and maybe they won't make it shipment before Chinese New Year. And then you say like, hey, please, can you just ask the boss? Please, can you rush this? Please, can you push this to the front of the production schedule? Please, can you get this out before Chinese New Year? And you're like, who's asking again? Uh, Bradley's asking. Which one's Bradley again? Oh, he's the guy who brought you, brought you that Lakers jersey. Oh yeah, I love that jersey. Cool. All right, get items to the front of the line. So it's always something to like for them to remember you if you get a nice little gift. Now, um, talking about like actually arriving at the factory, I think a lot of people, maybe if you're going to China for the first time, they have this like fear of like, well, you know, Google Maps doesn't work out there. Like, how do I get there? Like, your factory will arrange everything for you in terms of transport and like you've got a sourcing agent there so so they'll definitely help mm -hmm. you out but you don't need to figure out anything by yourself like you can just tell your factory hey i'm arriving at this airport i'm flying into hong kong i'm flying into shanghai i'll be there on the 19th of march i'm going to come and visit you on the 20th they'll just say cool what's your hotel we'll come pick you up driver will be there outside 10 o'clock and like literally driver comes out with your name they'll have a starbucks waiting for you like they they really really take care of you right and if you're like hey i i need to get a train to where you are i don't quite know how to get there like they'll book the train ticket for you like it, they're so hospitable like if you have any issues of like how to get there or even like you know when i go visit a factory i'll tend to visit like two or three at the same time like of a similar competing product similar competing category and i say hey look after you after I visit your factory, I'm going to see this other factory. Can you help me get there? They're like, yeah, no problem. Give us the address. We'll drop you off. Like even if it's a competitor of theirs, they're very, very, very hospitable. So in terms of getting there, nice and easy. In terms of like what, you're, what you'll learn in terms of the product development, it will blow your mind. But in terms of being prepared for your factory visit, like I always, before any China trip, whether I'm going to the Canton Fair, whether I'm going to visit a factory, I always have to have a plan for my visit, right? Like what is the main outcome I want to achieve from this, right? Do I want to learn how the goods are made? Cool, I'll spend a, uh, a little bit of time on the production line. Do I need a better price because I'm getting price pressure? Well, I'm gonna do my research in advance to see, well, what were other suppliers pricing me? So like, you know, you could get a specification sheet for your product, you could 
but and I'm sure we'll talk about this shortly, reach out to the top three, top five suppliers on Alibaba.com, get pricing from them. Then you can go back to your existing supplier to say, hey, look, I don't want to move production, but just to let you know, this is a pricing I'm getting offered somewhere else. I need you to match it. So is it better pricing that we need? Are you getting a few too many returns? Are there quality concerns? Is there something, is there chipping of the wood on, on, on the coffin box? Is that something we need to talk about? Then like we have the products right there in front of us, like here, let's address these quality concerns. Are you not doing the quality control? Let's check the end of the production line. Let's see who checks it. Let's see who boxes it. Let's see why they aren't picking up on these things. So there's many, many different outcomes that you could have. It could also be, we want to develop new products for 2024. Please prepare for us some additional new samples and we can review them together mm -hmm. or let's discuss together. So I wouldn't necessarily go into a factory without knowing what I wanted to achieve. And like, no lie, I've been in factories where I've been there for 10 hours sitting opposite the boss and we're just negotiating. Cause I'm like, I'm not leaving until we figure this out. Right. And like literally so some of the factory bosses like to smoke. And I remember like the guy went through two packs of cigarettes while we were talking. It like you, you I'm wow. not saying that's gonna be the case, right? For for yeah. everyone, but I knew I had an outcome that I wanted to achieve on that trip, right? Certain times I was doing production for the Olympics and they required certain certifications for the factory. And I went to visit factories and didn't have those certificates. So I was training them. This is what this is a certificate you need to comply with. This is what we need to fix. We were looking at, you know, lighting, fire extinguishers, dormitories, all that stuff. I was like, you're the factory I want to work with. I need you to be compliant with this. I'm not leaving until I know you can do this. So there's so many different outcomes that we can have for visiting a factory. And like, those are just some of the things that we need to be uh, prepared for. But honestly, it's going to be so much fun for you. Like I'm actually excited for you and I can't wait to see your stories on Instagram to see, uh, see what it looks like. Thank you. Thank you. Now, all right. Now, um, let's just say, you know, for, for, for that, a lot of people, you definitely, you know, suggest, hey, you should go visit the factory. But but for a lot of other people, um, you know, they might not have the, the the way to go to China or they might not be able to go to Canton Fair or Yiwu or other places. And so obviously the the easiest place to to find suppliers would be Alibaba.com. So we're going to try something different today. Mm -hmm. I didn't 100% have this plan, but now I just like thought of it right now. I just went to Alibaba but or I went to Amazon. And let's just we're going to do a pretend thing where I'm uh, which is halfway real. Uh, and that is, you know, one of the Project X brands we do. It's not the coffin shelf, but we also do egg trays. We have this brand called Gee's Chicken Coop. So I, I just like threw in a a keyword to our Amazon right now, egg storage for countertop. This actually used to be one of our main keywords, but now it's not anymore. And then I'm like trying to find something that looks interesting. And, and these like um, this, this egg basket that has like a, a ceramic lid here. Uh, let's just pretend that I'm like, hey, I want to have, I want to go source this from China. And I want to look. So first step is what? Just go to Alibaba.com and try and figure out what keyword it might be, like uh, something similar to this. So you've got a couple of options here, right? Because like mm -hmm. you have the traditional egg trays, which could be, you know, wood and plastic, acrylic, whatever. Yep, yep. And you could just type in egg tray and you could find it, right? But for that particular one, for, for those who aren't viewing with like a video, like Bradley, how, how would you describe this? It's like the shape of a chicken. Like Yeah, it's top, really right? weird. Like at the bottom part is this wire mesh, like a basket, like a basket looking yeah. thing. Mm -hmm. And then the like it has this lid that's shaped like a, like a, I get like a chicken or a rooster or something like that here. This is a really good example because like, here's a classic example. If, if you type in like egg trade or whatever on Alibaba, like this product probably won't come up. Like we can have a look, but mm -hmm. it probably won't come up the way that we're looking at this one. Right. But 
like for you to have more defensibility in your brand, which is really, really important for 2024, you might need to go to another manufacturer which doesn't make egg trays. So you're, you're looking at egg trays yeah. right now and, and we don't see that particular yep. product, right? There's there's nothing like that. Yep, yep, but you're right. We, we, we could type in like caged basket for, you know, holding fruit or holding vegetables or whatever it may be, right? And, and we could find the bottom part. But for the top part, it was like a toy chicken like on the top, right? Which was kind of yeah. serving as like the the, the protector or, or the top of the basket, right? And so for that, I would go to a toy supplier to be like um, different materials, right? It, it could be silicone, it could be plastic, it could be rubber. Like I would say like rubber chicken toy or rubber toy, rubber animal toys, right? And you might be able to find this for, let's just say 50 cent or 30 cent or 75 cent. And we could buy those separately and then we could send it to the egg tray suppliers or we could send it to the basket suppliers, right? And anyone wanting to copy that product wouldn't necessarily be able to because they didn't know that they have to go to two different suppliers, right? They didn't know mm. that you could just, because mm-hmm. if they type it in, they won't find it. And they're not thinking, right, I'm going to get an egg tray from a toy supplier. So this is something that gives you like really, really good defensibility. And this is applicable to, to anyone, like not even people which are looking for egg trays, but like whenever I'm looking at a new product, I'm like, well, what other purpose does this product have? Like, for example, right now I'm using a, a podcast microphone, right? With a, with a boom arm yep. or whatever, right? But like I could also go to a supplier which makes selfie sticks and take the technology of the telescopic pole and use that, right? So, you, and anyone who's looking to get like a microphone stand um, or a podcast mic stand is not looking at like telescopic poles. So there's so many different ways that we can look at other manufacturers to fit the purpose of the product that, that we want to manufacture. I, I like that. And that's something similar to what I, I'm actually doing. That's that's what I'm going to be going to the the factory and, and talking to, or you know, checking out one of the first orders. So like what happened with the coffin shelf was that it got kind of saturated, you know, like, you know, cause everybody watched project X and everybody started launching, pro, you know, coffin shelves. And now there's a million coffin shelves. And, and I didn't want to do, I didn't want to play the race to the bottom price wars. You know, like there's people now, I, mean, I used to sell the coffin shelf for like 32 bucks. And then now there's people selling it for like 19. I'm not going to try and compete with that price. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm going to go opposite. I'm going to raise the price back. Like I was selling for like 25 now. I'm going to raise it back to 30. But what I'm going to do is two things. Number one, I'm going to buy a really fancy box and it's a box shaped like a coffin. Like, so somebody would actually gift it to somebody in this coffin shaped box. And the box itself is almost a product. Like you can use that as a sock storage or something like that, because it's a really high, I mean, it's crazy. It's like almost 60% of the cost of the coffin shelf, uh, you know, by itself, but it's, we're still only talking like two bucks. And then I noticed in the, the customer reviews that a lot of people are putting like these little LED spooky little trinkets and figurines, right? And so what I did was I also sourced like a, a pumpkin shaped LED candle and then a skull, like, like a, just a mini skull. Because these are what people are using to display anyways. And so now I'm relaunching the coffin shelf at a higher price point with this box that's super hard to get, custom made. And from another, a third factory, these LED stuff. And so like, you know, these people who are just trying to make a quick buck and and sell coffin shelves, you know, from China for $19, they're not going to take the time or effort to go and source three different things from three different factories. And so now I'm kind of like building this moat around and, and trying to dominate, re-dominate the coffin shelf uh, yeah. market, I guess you could say. That, 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 that's mega. And uh, I'm, I'm- 
glad you mentioned that as well because like so i was at this show called like global sources um just like last month or whatever and i was filming a youtube video i actually just posted it yesterday on like the highlights of that show and i walked i stumbled into this guy's booth his name was like matthew and he had like he was just doing packaging like really really deluxe packaging right and uh i go in i'm like hey and but the packaging was like super nice like it was like magnetic mm -hmm. boxes that folded flat like he was mm -hmm. doing it for sephora he was doing like pokemon boxes like just high-end stuff right and i was like picking up different bits of packaging and we were talking about like online versus offline and you know different styles of packaging and one color boxes and then in, i was like you know how much is this box and it was like a really small flimsy one and he was like you know less than 0.1 i was like wait less than 10 cent he was like yeah it's around like eight cent i was like no way and i was like all right what about this one i picked up this like magnetic one he's like oh, it's around one dollar i'm expecting the dude to say like three he's like one I was like, wow i was like i was like these prices seem a little too good to be true i was like where's your factory he's like foshan i'm like okay cool so it's an hour away i was like what are you doing this weekend he's like i'm at the factory i was like i'm gonna come visit you this weekend i was like cool so rock up and then i filmed a youtube video in his factory i showed the packaging process end to end start to finish all the machines like he had like machines which cost over a million dollars like everything like wow. matte finishing gloss finishing like everything show the entire process start to finish and you know talking about like 2024 and differentiating and like just what you just talked about that's key that's so key to like you know being ahead and it's like whether you're selling online or offline like you know when people you you want to win the click online sometimes you show your packaging in, in the in the main image sometimes you don't but if you're selling it in retail it's on a shelf you have to catch people's attention so if you're selling offline you really really have to catch people's attention if, and that's through the packaging that's the first touch point and it can be catch your attention by color it can be by innovative design so packaging is going to play a super super important role so i'll, I'll definitely connect you with matthew Awesome. Awesome. Thanks. Appreciate it. All right. Going back to our Alibaba, let's go to something more traditional. All right. So that's a great way for differentiation. Let's just say I pick something else while you were talking right now. Uh, something that's kind of like, all right, this is not something that you necessarily uh, differentiate. Like I, we always, I, I think you should always differentiate, uh, but maybe not. Let, let's not go to the effect where like, Hey, let, let's try and get stuff from three or two different factories sure. and, and let's do fancy packages. Cause you know, sometimes when people are just getting started, they want to get their feet wet, yeah. you know, that might be a little bit, uh, too difficult. So then I pick again in the same niche. Uh, I, I hit this keyword egg dispenser on Alibaba. And so, you know, for those watching on YouTube, you guys can see this for those listening on podcasts, we'll try and describe it here. But now let's just say that this, this kind of egg dispenser um, that has this like row, it looks like, like a row on the top of eggs and it rolls down to the, the bottom roll. I guess you just pick one and then it rolls down. So let's just say that for whatever reason, I, this is the kind of product I'm getting. I just did my very first search on Alibaba. This is definitely the keyword. Next step would be, so I start doing using some of these filters. And then if so, what would you suggest? Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm so glad you're showing this visually online as well, right? Because you can look at that image, right? See the second image, it says $2.50. The second one says yes. like 88 cent. It's the same yeah. image, right? So th yep. th th this is what this is where we need to get really, really clear on the filters, right? Because it looks like the exact same product. One is, well, one is 3x the price of the other one. And you could see that and be like, oh, okay, well, I'll go for the cheapest one. But you haven't necessarily done the research to know what well, are the different materials, are the different sizes, are the different specifications? Does one hold more eggs? Does one have deluxe packaging? So we don't really know that, right? So you went to alibaba.com and you typed in egg dispenser, and this is the first thing that came up. So the first point, right? I would select verified manufacturers. So that's okay, the first that. point that you see in the list, right? Why this is so important is that, yeah, perfect. This is where we need to be. Um, the purpose of using Alibaba.com correctly is not to find the cheapest price, it's to find the best manufacturers. Once we find the best manufacturers, then we can start to negotiate the price. So the purpose right now, we're just looking for the best manufacturers. So the first thing you did was you selected verified manufacturers. And what's that for? Yeah. 
It means any information that they provide on their listing, whether it be number of years in business, how many staff they have, what certificates they have, what patents they have, uh, what products they have, what does their production line look like, the images and videos in the factory. That's all been verified by a third party, meaning mm. uh, Intertech, SGS, TUV, one of these very reputable companies have gone in and verified all the information is true. Whereas if we didn't work with verified suppliers, then um, whatever information they want to put there, we just have to sort of take their word for it. So verified is the most important thing to search for first. Then okay. on the left-hand side of the page, you'll see trade assurance, right? I would always click that as well. And trade assurance just means that your payment is protected. So if you've ordered an egg dispenser, which holds, you know, 20 eggs and you do the production and you receive one, which only holds 10 eggs, then the trade assurance will protect you and it will refund your order because you've selected that, right? That's just a little bit of a safety net important for like, you know, new sellers, right? And then as you scroll down on the left-hand side of the page, you'll see something that says management certification, right? And if you yep. scroll down a little bit more, yeah. So you see like BSEI and you see SEDEX, you see ISO. I always like to select BSCI and ISO. So BSCI is your business social compliance initiative and ISO is just a really high quality standard. And this just basically means these are factory certificates that they have. So uh, BSCI will go in and they'll check like, you know, um, how many years you've been in business? Do you have like fire extinguishers? Do you have adequate lighting? Do you have safety exits? Like we've checked the dormitories, we've checked like the canteen where the workers eat. So it's kind of like gives you confidence oh, that you're okay. working for a very, very good factory, right? So now, if we go back to the top of the list, right? We've now, we've searched by manufacturers, we've got verified manufacturers, we've got trade assurance, and we've got factories which have, you know, BSCI and ISO certification. So now as I'm scrolling down the list, like if you zoom in on the company names, like the first word in the company name is always the city or the province in which that factory is located. So sometimes like the factories like electronics are made in Shenzhen. Backpacks are normally made in like Chenzhou. Like furniture, like steel tubing for furniture chairs is made in like Yongkang. So I'm just trying to get familiar. Is there an area which specializes in egg dispensers? Maybe not because it's such a niche product, right? That maybe you could make yeah. it anywhere. But as I scroll down, I'm trying to see like, is there one name that pops up more frequent than others? And then that's Interesting. the area which specializes in that product. But I see Ningbo has probably caught, uh, popped up a, a few times, right? So Yep. But anyway, it doesn't matter. If, if Ningbo had popped out like eight out of nine times, I would say, right, well, that's the region we need to be ordering from. Interesting. Then as you, as you scroll down as well, I would be like looking at the images as well to see like, do I find something similar to, to what I was looking for? Like when we search by products, like your, your first initial <laughs> look, 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 Somebody is specializing oh. in that one crazy uh, basket one that we looked up earlier. That's crazy. But, but you, you know what's wild though, right? Is I'm not surprised we found it because we had searched like the highest level certification. So like that yeah. type of product would have required like, you know, some sort of standard. So it like the, the purpose of this filtering process is to align you with top factories and top factories make top products, right? And as you scroll down as well, I saw the, the main image, that was the one we were looking for, the, the white one here, yeah? Yeah, so yeah, right here. That, that particular one, right? So now if you click on like view profile, we can just, there's a couple of like boxes I need to tick um, of the supplier before deciding is this someone I want to work with, right? So okay. you see, you see first on the left, right? Well, actually on the right where you were looking, right? If you scroll through those, like you'll see videos of the factory, you'll see like images of the production line. 
and you see in the top left, it says verified. So all ah. these photos and videos have been verified. So like, if you, you know that as the actual factory, because a third party has gone in and verified that's a factory. So you can actually yep. see inside the factory and know that's them, right? So we know exactly who we're dealing they, with. They didn't just pull this, you know, like video yeah. or something from, like from stock video or something exactly. like that. Yeah, exactly. Right. So now like before, without even going to China, I've got eyes and ears inside the factory that I can see what they actually look nice. like. Right. So if on their Alibaba listing, they say, oh, we've got 200 workers in our factory. You're like, well, I can see the images that shows you've got 200 workers, right? Or if they said they had 200, but we see a production line with five workers and they're not verified, then we know that, you know, something isn't right there. So on the left side of that, you see where you have all those blue ticks. So it says, yes. see all verified capabilities. So if you click on the bottom where it says, see all verified capabilities, this is everything oh, wow. the factory is verified for. So it says certifications, SEDEX, BSCI, um, it will say like, you know, material trace, uh, it says like quality traceability, things like that. So if you were like, look, I need to know, like, do these egg dispenser trays come from a sustainable source? We want to use like recycled materials. We want to use eco-friendly materials. Then they can tell mm -hmm. you, yep, cool. We have traceability of our raw materials. We can find that out for you. So just by clicking that, we can find out what are the capabilities which are verified of this factory. And then as we scroll down, like the main things which are really, really important, see that where it says profile, right? If you yes. keep scrolling down, right, it's got, right, see here. So it says established, yes. yeah, years in industry 16. That means that they've got like 16 years worth of experience, right? So they've got the, see the audit there under certifications where it says SMETA, that's part of the SEDEX audit. And I know this so well because uh, I, I was a board member for SEDEX in 2013. After we did the production for the Olympics, every factory which made Olympic merchandise had to have a SMETA audit, right? And that was oh. like, they checked all the smallest details of the factory, right? So that's a really, really good sign if, if they have that, right? And then they've got the BSCI certificate. You can see that. Yep. Now, as you scroll down, we're going to look at their production capabilities. See there, it says production lines. They've got three production lines and they've got um, 18 production machines, right? Now, this is so important. This is so, so important, right? Because you are, let's say, doing this product for the first time. So they have three mm -hmm. production lines. It means they're like a relatively small company, right? Um, so that, that, that's that's good for you because that means that they'll probably do a low MOQ. Let's say you wanted to do 500 pieces trial order, but let's say that production line, let's say it said they had 250 production lines. You're like, wow. this this company would never want to work for me. Like, why would, mm. like, I just want to do a small order, 300 pieces. They've got 250 production lines. We're not a good fit for each other. But on the flip side, if you're a big brand, if you're doing, you know, 10,000 units a month, then you want that factory, which has got 250 yeah. production lines. So this kind of sizes you up to be like, am I aligning with the manufacturer, which is fit for purpose, right? And then yep. the other really important thing to look at where it says trade background and main markets, it says North America, 38%, Western Europe, 35%. That is so crucial because 70% of their, more than 70% of their exports are going to the US market and it's going to the European market. And what does that mean? That means they're compliant with the latest FDA regulations in America, mm -hmm. um, compliant with the latest like food standard regulations in Europe. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to sell to those markets if they weren't compliant with those standards. So if you're ordering this product for the first time and you know your factory has already got the certification or compliance needed to sell food products in the US market because they're already selling in the US market. But if we looked at the trade background and it said, you know, 40% South America, 40% Africa, and 20% domestic market, meaning China, you're like, well, you've never exported this product to America. So how do I know that you're uh, capable of passing for FDA standards? Yeah, yeah. So, but this factory, this, this is like one of the first ones we clicked on, right? It's got everything yep. we need, right? 
But it was because of that filtering process. It's because we selected verified, we selected trade assurance, we selected ISO, we selected BSCI. So like it put us in touch with the top manufacturer. And then like, I'm pretty sure that if you go to the other manufacturers on that list as well, we'll find similar information that is a good fit for us. So that was kind of like the initial research to be like, right, let's find a good factory. That's part one, right? Part two mm -hmm. is now how do you re how do you talk to that factory for your yeah. first message, right? Because this is where I feel like a lot of sellers like stumble. They're like, right, found a good factory, we followed your process, but like, right now, what do we say? Like, most sellers go, hey, what's your best price? What's your MOQ? Can I? I just heard this podcast. Can I get customized packaging, right? And then, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> supplier, bear in mind, these suppliers are probably getting fifty to hundred inquiries a week, probably more, right? And my purpose of the original message is how do I get my inquiry to jump out at the top? How do I get the supplier reads my message and be like, oof, I want to work with this guy, right? So I kind of write my opening message as like a three-part, like it, first introduction about myself. Hey, this is me. I'm passionate about eggs. I've been farming for 10 years and I want to start my own brand, right? And be like, oh, cool. Someone who really, really likes eggs, right? They'll be a good person for this product. And then you can say, hey, we work with the biggest like influencers in the food space because I'm a beginner, right? I'm selling this, I'm ordering this product for the first time. So I don't want to say, hey, I'm a beginner. I want to say like, hey, I'm just ordering this, but here's my leverage. Like I've got connections with the biggest influencers in the home and kitchen space. Um, I've got connections with retailers that I've done business with before. I've, I'm very, very skilled at selling on Amazon. I've exited a previous business before. I want to say something that gets them excited for them to work with me, not just, hey, what's your price, right? Yeah. Second, I want to say why I chose that supplier because all the things we just looked at, like a uh, number of production lines, you know, 70% exports going to um, Europe, right? You having this meta audit. So I would say, look, quality standards are very, very important for our, for our company. It's great to see you have this meta audit. I'm so, so happy that you also place a high importance on quality mm -hmm. standards. I see that 38% of your exports go to North America. That's amazing because we'll be selling in America as well. And I'm glad to know you're compliant with the latest certifications. That's just me telling the supplier, I've actually read your company profile and I've selected you based on these reasons. I've not just gone into Alibaba, I've not just typed in egg dispenser and just selected the first 10 companies and copy and pasted the same message. I've actually had to read your company listing and I've actually had to write mm. a customized message to send you this so they'll understand that. And then, then you're like, okay, this is a product that we're looking at. Here's a picture, here's a specification sheet. This is the materials. What would be your best price for this product? Supplier is now thinking, I want to work with this customer because they have a ability to sell the product through their experience, through the influencers they have access to. They seem to understand quite a bit about manufacturing because they've told us why they've selected us. This is a customer which I think will go far because, you know, previously we've received messages mm -hmm. asking for price and MOQ. We supply that and then we never hear from those guys again. But this yeah, one yeah. seems serious, right? So it's we've gone through that process and we found who are the top suppliers. And then we've actually crafted a message that makes them want to reply to us, right? Because suppliers not thinking these are just egg trays, you know, these are 80 cent, maybe you order like a thousand pieces, right? You a thousand dollar order. Suppliers not thinking they're going to get rich on this first order. They're thinking how much money am I going to make with this customer over the next three, five, 10 years. So as long as you stay, look, business partnership, long-term in this together, we want to grow this big business. Like you're saying the right things that get them interested to make your trial order first, even at a break even, they probably won't make money on the first order because of all the time and effort they have to put into sampling and things like that. Like they're, they're, they know that and they just want to work with you mm -hmm. because you seem like a serious customer, which you'll build with over the long term. So those are two, two really important things, finding the best supplier and then communicating correctly with those suppliers as well. At what point are you submitting like a, a RFQ request for a quote? So that's a really good point, right? So 
you, you can also do a request for a quotation and I'm hesitating before I say this, right? Because like w- that process we just went through, we selected who are our best suppliers that we want to work with, right? We yeah. filtered out the bad ones. But when we go RFQ, we just submit our information one time and then suppliers receive that request for quotation and then they write to us. So now I have to do that filtering process again, but I have to filter the ones that write to us, right? So, because you might get an unverified supplier that writes to you or things like that. So it's, you can also do RFQ because you think it saves you time, but realistically you have to go through all those applications of people which write back to you. And another thing I'd be cautious of as well, and I'm not saying don't do it. I would just say that it might imply more work. It looks like it's going to save you time, but now you have to filter through every single manufacturer, but we just filtered through those suppliers really, really quickly. But um, ultimately the main selection criteria that we have to decide is what's the price of the sample and what's the quality of the sample. So once we get that information back, we have to then decide, right, am I happy with the price? Does it fit within my target? And am I happy with the quality of the sample? Because we, as we saw, we might get a price for 80 cent and we might get a price for $3. Sure. I have to see the sample, right? But by doing this exercise, we're going to get a good idea of what is the market price for, for this product because we went through that selection process to identify the top manufacturers. And now we've got pricing from who we think are the five top manufacturers. So if our pricing is 95 cent, $1.05, 88 cent, like 112, we're like, okay, we know it's around that $1 mark. But if I get pricing of like $3.50, 62 cent, $4, I'm like, this pricing is all over the place. Like I haven't, it's my fault. I've not told them the specifications of which I require. I wouldn't just click on their image and say, what's the price of that? I would send them a specification sheet of here's a picture of the product. Here's the dimensions. Here's the material. Here's any testing that I need and say like, give me your best price. So they've all received the same information. So you're comparing apples with apples. And then once you see the price that you're happy with, you've compared it to the rest of the market. You see someone that you like communicating with, they have the right certification. You, you get maybe two or three samples from different suppliers. You compare them, right? This is the one. Then here we go. Let's place the order. Let's go for it. Normally, what's the standard as these days as far as factories and samples? Like, do you always need to pay for the sample 50% of the time? Do you need to pay for the shipping 50% of the time, 25% of the time? Oh, uh, what's your experience lately? Yeah, yeah. So great question. And I would say that like it depends on the leverage that you build, right? So for example, that reach out message, like if they think you're sort of waste of time, then they're like, right. $100 for a sample, $100 for the freight, pay this $200 invoice and you'll get a sample, right? But if they're like, oof, I want to work for this guy, like I think he's capable of building a really, really big business, they'll do, all right, cool, we'll, we'll just send a sample to you, no problem. Some people might say, right, um, we'll cover the cost of the sample, you just cover the cost of the freight. So cool, right? Fair. I, I, I always say, look, I've got no problem, I'll pay for the sample, but if I place the order, I'm going to deduct the sample cost from the first purchase order. That's always mm. what I go with, right? And they're like, fine, because I'm not trying to get free samples, right? That's something suppliers are fearful of. They're like, but no one really wants a free sample of an egg tray, right? But if we took an example like a massage gun, you know when massage guns got popular, everyone wrote to Alibaba yeah. manufacturers and said, hey, I want to order 10,000 massage guns, but I need a sample. They send a sample and then they never hear from them again, but that guy just got a free massage gun, right? So <laughs> yeah. that that's what they want to avoid. So I always offer to pay. I say, look, I'll pay for the sample, but I'm going to deduct the sample and freight costs from the per- first purchase order. And that is music to their ears. They're happy to hear that because they know that, first of all, you're paying for the sample up front. And then if the supplier ends up having to pay for it, well, they got an order as a result of it, which is what they wanted all along, right? So 
that's normally the way I go. Sometimes I just send it for free and I'm like, cool, very nice of you. And uh, sometimes if they charge me, I just always have that in writing that will deduct that from the first purchase yeah. order. Are you doing any like other website price matching or, or looking at like, you know, like maybe going to 1688 or something, you know, that was a, you know, kind of like always suggested back in the day because there's a lot of price differences there. And, and sometimes the Alibaba people, uh, Alibaba factories would be like, okay, yeah, yeah, we can probably go lower or that's not as much of a technique anymore. To be honest, uh, I've always advised against that because yes, you can. So 1688 for anyone who doesn't know, is like the domestic, it's also owned by Alibaba and it's a domestic Chinese website. It's where like Chinese businesses buy from Chinese factories, everything's in Chinese. And then I think some people announced that it was a hack that you could go to 1688 and get cheaper prices. Mm -hmm. And yes, there are cheaper prices, but that's because those products aren't being exported. So, you know, the things that we just looked at in terms of like, okay, is this egg tray FDA yeah. approved? Well, it doesn't need to be FDA approved because that's not a regulation in China. So they can use it with a different chemical. Therefore, it's a cheaper price. So if you go to 1688 and look for your products, yeah, you probably will find them cheaper. But then if you need them to match regulations of your market, then that's when it's going to make it more expensive. So I don't necessarily look at other websites. Like I think, you know, you could go to globalsources.com. You can go to madeinchina.com. There's also sort of different websites as well. But generally enough like there's so many good factories on alibaba.com and that definitely improved um after covid as well because i never used to use alibaba.com like i was just used to go to china i used to live in china i used to go to the canton mm -hmm. fair twice a year and that's where i'd find all my factories and then because canton fair was out for three years that's when a lot of those factories started going online and alibaba is like the first place that they would go so i would suggest you're absolutely fine with alibaba.com you can also okay. if you want to find the manufacturers of your competitors you can look at importyeti.com and um i would say the best thing you can do for your business is really visit china as well go to the canton fair and really because yes there's a there's a cost in terms of a flight ticket and hotels to go to china but i always say that like that costs more than pays for itself because you are essentially fast tracking your product development you're seeing products there for the first time that you'll see them in real life before you see them online from like other brands and now you have to make your own version um you'll be able to negotiate better prices you'll be able to get better quality products you'll be able to build better relationships with your factory you'll be able to get samples very quickly like if they if you're there, like bradley actually so, so you're going to the factory i guarantee you if you ask for a new product and you wanted that sample that sample will be ready in two or three days and you can take it home with you right they'll send it to your hotel by the time you leave but if you reach out to these guys online, you're like, hey, we're working on this new product. You'll probably get a sample, probably take them two weeks to make it. Yeah, we can yeah. have to send it. It'll take a month. So you can massively, and imagine you've got multiple products across multiple brands. You've got like a month edge on anyone in the market just by being there. So I would highly recommend, but you know, Canton Fair is only April and October every year. So you can visit China anytime you want, but all year round, I would be visiting websites like Alibaba.com to get an idea of, right, who are the best suppliers and what are the best prices and are there any new products that we just found as well? And then uh, and I'd be going to China as well on top of that as well. All right, before we get into your last strategy uh, of the day, um, how can people reach you if they want to you know, see your videos or maybe reach out to you for for some advice yeah sure so uh, i'm putting a lot of work into the youtube stuff so if you just type in sourcing with kian on youtube you'll see a lot of cool videos there i uh, started making a bunch of different videos on this china trip i went into factories i went into packaging factories product factories and filmed videos of like so actually brad i'll try and send one to you before you go as well and uh, just so you could uh, get a little bit of an insight but yeah um instagram as well kian underscore jg i've got a facebook group of the same name sourcing with kian and uh, yeah, it's probably the best way to, to reach out to me. But I've got some cool stuff planned in, in the coming year in regards to like trips to China and stuff. So yeah, definitely uh, look out for that. 
All right. What's your uh, last strategy of the day? Like maybe a 60 second strategy or around there for that you can uh, share with the audience. I would say like, okay, 2024, something you want to focus on would be product defensibility, right? Because, you know, as you mentioned with the shelf, like, you know, a lot of people copied it, raced to the bottom in terms of price and we have to innovate on top. So just like sort of three actionable tips in terms of product defensibility, there's three main things you can focus on and that's getting exclusivity on your product it's having a particular mold on your product and it's also getting patents on your product, right? So exclusivity, you can, like, if we go into a factory and we see a product that we like, we didn't innovate it, the factory did, right? I can still order that product, but I can say, look, I want exclusivity on that. And you can get exclusivity by time to be like, give me three months where you sell it to me and, and no one else. You can get exclusivity by region to say, right, give me exclusivity for Germany or give me exclusivity for USA. Like we can pick a market, not just the whole world and get exclusivity by that. Or we can also get exclusivity by quantity to say, I've, I've forecast that I will order 10,000 units over the course of the year. If I don't order those 10,000 units, then you can sell it to everyone. So we just got exclusivity on a new product. And I, I did this countless times at the last Canton Fair. That's a great form of defensibility. Then like patents, you know, you can patent the product. Supplier might have a patent on the product, but the more, and then, oh, by the way, this is such a sick hack, right? I, there was a particular product that we've been selling for a while. Factory has got the patent on it. And then a lot of U.S. brands were copying and infringing. Chinese factory tries to go after those U.S. brands. They write to them and they're like, hey, yeah, we're this company. We have the patent. The U.S. brands just ignored it. They're like, oh, it's a Chinese company. They're never going to sue us. I said to mm -hmm. them, look, make our company the co-patent. So we have our U.S. brand. I was like, make us the co-patent owner and then we'll go after them. Done. Like we now own the patent of that. And then us as a US brand using US lawyers are going after those US brands and are getting shut down left, right, and center. So if you ah, have nice. a factory which has patented the product, that's a huge key is if you can get co-patent on that as well. And then I mentioned molds as well. Like molds are expensive. If you're developing a mold on a product, definitely get your logos embossed uh, on the mold as well so that they can't use that for anyone else as well. So yeah, those are the key things. Awesome. Defensibility exclusivity patents and molds all right well Kian, thank you so much for uh joining us i'm sure 2024 will be uh, great for you and hopefully we get to uh, hang out at an event or or here locally i uh, gotta get you on my uh my helium 10 basketball court here uh we've been trying to do that for a while so hey i'm ready we'll uh anytime Let's we'll, do it. we'll we'll settle it once and for all lakers versus clippers i'll wear my clippers jersey you can wear your lakers and we'll see we'll see who comes out on top let's do it let's do it good to see you bro and thanks very much for having me and congrats on that uh, on the 500 plus episodes